you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hi there and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 104 and I am Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering retail transformation. Now, it won't surprise you to find out that 2020 has been, well, a little off. (laughs) Understatement alert. But it feels like as time and the challenges continue to push on, mental resilience becomes a more important skill for all of us to have. Keeping your head up is absolutely key to driving both your transformation and the wider business. But let that head drop taking a slightly more pessimistic view and your negativity becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, which of course we don't want. So today we're going to be exploring some tips and tactics to help you to forge a better future, both for yourself and for the wider business. And to do that, I'm delighted to welcome and introduce you to Dr. Jackie Mulligan. Now, if you don't know Jackie, she is founder and CEO of shopappy.com, which is a platform that allows local businesses and retailers to easily get online and showcase and sell products with delivery and click and collect propositions, supporting shopping local. Jackie is a bundle of energy. She's passionate, she's creative, and she doesn't let anything get in her way. And she's done some brilliant stuff with shopappy.com over the past few months. It comes out in the conversation and I'm not going to spoil it too much. Prior to launching shophappy.com, Jackie was principal lecturer and director of enterprise in Leeds. And she's also done her doctoral research into experience, psychology and behavior, particularly starting to look at the importance of place and locality into the importance of mental well-being and understanding how shopping locally can actually impact consumer happiness. Now, shophappy.com was one of the partners of Retail Transformation Live back in July, and Jackie actually took to the virtual stage hosting a workshop called Disruptive Thinking, looking at how you can predict the future, or at least some of the potential scenarios that could come out in the future. Now, if you'd like to check out that workshop, you can find the recording on the show notes page today, which are at obandco.uk slash 104. That's obandco.uk slash 104. And I'm also going to put a little bit more about Jackie and shophappy.com as well as all the contact details over there. So do head over there, obandco.uk slash 104. Go and check it out. And hey, whilst you're over there, do remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing. That is a weekly email that comes straight into your inbox with the latest Retail Transformation news headlines, insight, ideas and inspiration, all completely free. So sign up over there and make sure you keep your finger on the pulse of what is happening in the world of Retail Transformation. So now, without further ado... Here is my conversation with Dr. Jackie Mulligan of shophappy.com. 
So today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Jackie Mulligan. Jackie, how are things? Oh, very good. Thank you very much. I'm just coping like the rest of us in this weird world that we now live in. Coping. I think that's probably going to be one of the big words for 2020, it feels like. Yeah, uh, more coping and and sort of getting through, getting through, being alive at the end of it. That's a good target to have. Definitely. It's a, a, a year of testing our resilience. And that's, I suppose, quite well connected to what we're going to be talking about today, which is all about forging a better future, which I'm really excited to dive into this. 2020 has been, let's be honest, quite a chaotic, crazy, unpredictable, uncertain, complicated, volatile year. You know, you insert the adjectives, that matches 2020, basically. How can we get out of this chaotic present, though, Jackie? Um, We can't get out of this chaotic present because we're in a global pandemic. There is nothing that we can do to get out of it. But what we can do is focus on the things that we can control in this situation. Certain things we can control, like measuring and managing our own risk. We can do things at a personal level that will protect ourselves and our family. And that's one one thing we need to do. We can't sort of suppose and, and forecast in an environment like this. But what we can do is focus on the present. And what can we do at the present to get us through that day to the next day to the next week and I think we just have to shorten our time frames accordingly and I think that's really important for our own mental health too I think to take a moment to take stock on what matters to us and um, you know one thing I do if you know in terms of getting out of the chaotic is to take some moments to spend some quality time not perhaps watching the news going out for a walk could be just as uh, restorative and I think we need to do that can reconnect with nature have a bit more a time where we think about the things that are important to us because right now we're all extremely vulnerable. Mm. Our humanity has been exposed as extremely frail in this situation and our economies are. So what we have to do is focus on what we can control and spend as much time in that mental space as we can. Mm. That's really interesting. I love being able to get out and do something completely different, unconnected to what you end up thinking about. It's all too easy, I suppose, with our highly connected world in terms of social, in terms of news and forever being on the end of phone and emails and so on to never really get your head out. And that can be all consuming and actually it can continue to wear down and make the test of resilience that is 2020 even more difficult. That's it. I think it does make it difficult to escape because we have a device in our hand that is telling us news. I mean, every time you switch the news on, you're looking at the ticker tape at the bottom and waiting for what the news is going to tell you next. Sometimes a day or two not watching the news, uh, definitely digital detox, even just one day a week, I think is absolutely crucial now for all of us. Mm. And that's not being less informed. It's being less scared or less traumatized, less miserable as a result of the news we're getting. So two things that I've taken, I don't watch the news as much as um, I used to, and I don't step on the scales as much as I used to. And both of those two things are really helping my mental health right now (laughs) because I'm not the person that started the exercise routine sadly during COVID and I also didn't make sourdough uh, which I feel I've personally missed out on but there were certain hobbies and and, and things that people did and I really respect people who did do something use use that time that they may have got or, or use new ways of connecting whether it was walking exercise learning to cook whatever it is we need another outlet in this weird space we're in to explore another side because the standard things of ways we used to express ourselves, whether it was 
going out, traveling, mixing with people in the office has gone. So we have to explore new outlets. And a lot of that is much more inward looking. So whether it's a new hobby, we're seeing increases in people crafting, create, doing new hobbies and arts and so on. So I think this is an opportunity. People say, can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I often think that myself. But actually, what we do need to think of is what other positives that came out of 2020 so far that may have given us more time with our families, more time uh, to think about what we want to do with our lives, more time to explore hobbies and interests, more time to get fit, more time to cook. Maybe there's been more time that we've all got in all of this as well. Unless, of course, you've been a key worker, in which case there's been far less of it. Yes. And of course, we have got a rather large number of key workers and people that are supporting key industries, obviously, in our, in our listenership today. How else can we get out of the chaos and start to think more expansively about the future if we're thinking about forging a better future? Well, I think the thing that um, I would recommend is that it's not the time now, is it, for your five-year plan or your three-year plan or even your 12-month plan. (laughs) I think what we've got to do is focus on the purpose of our businesses. So what are the key pillars that help direct our strategy? And as long as the actions we might take on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, fulfill those pillars, then that's good enough. And I think that's it. You create your compass point, your pillars, whatever you want to call them, to navigate your way through the crisis. So if it's that you're a brand that is very green and uh, environmentally friendly, then just make sure that you're sticking to your purpose on that basis. And I think that will guide you uh, through it. It's just sticking and being authentic to what you do. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for any business uh, right now. Certain businesses are, are stronger right now, but they won't always be strong. So I really think revisit what your mission, what your purpose is and stick to that. See it each day as it comes and make sure that any decision you're making is guided by that purpose and not knee-jerk reactions and panic. Mm. Um, the other thing is that we need to really engage with our own creativity so, you know, creativity in, in these points is really important. You know, what could you do to adapt? How can you rethink what you do? And there are more and more ways to test ideas. I mean, we, we see it a lot with small businesses on ShopAppy that they are testing ideas on a platform where there aren't the massive outlays of cost to mm. test the ideas. If a customer likes an idea, and they buy the idea, whatever it might be, a new service, then you've not had to, you know, have an R&D research focus group market research consultancy or whatever to get to that product you just put it straight out into the market so in a way there's a lot of freedom in being able to test ideas as long as they're in keeping with what your brand is who you are what your purpose is Mm. and also i think we have to rethink in terms of new better that we're not always you know focused on profits and i know that's hard but you know the economy is in pretty poor shape globally we're all in the same boat we're all on this spaceship earth we've all got the same challenges or similar challenges some worse than others but all essentially about an economic breakdown Mm. so what can we do to um make the right decisions that maybe aren't just all about chasing the bottom line maybe they're just the right thing to do and then we we hope that the profit follows that certainly that's the way shop happy has always operated is that we'll do the right thing Mm. And then when you do the right thing, I think more people are are interested in reputations of brands and and reputations of businesses. So being clear on that and using this time to sort of audit that and make sure you are Mm. authentic and doing good things. I just think we've got enough bad in the world and it's the role of businesses and it's the role of all of us to put something 
better out there. It's so good that actually, I mean, obviously, being able to remove yourself from profits is a nice thing to do if you've got uh, shareholders to respond to or the city to respond to. That gets slightly more difficult until there's a, a wider step change in that area, which it is coming. Certainly, it was one of the topics I uh, discussed with Chris Brooke Carter over a year ago now. But one of the other interesting things there, Jackie, that we are talking about is purpose. And I'd like to dive into this in a bit more detail. We've obviously spoken about purpose a number of different times on the podcast in the past. In fact, in episode 101, there was a brilliant podcast with James Bolly, and James explored how you can go about finding your purpose. So if you've not checked out that episode, then I do encourage you to go and check that one out. Number 101, scroll back through the archives to find it. But Jackie, I'd like to, to dive into purpose and how that has really worked for you and for ShopAppy over the past few months. How have you used ShopAppy's purpose to help guide and direct you? Well, it was pivotal, actually. So ShopAppy was always set up to create better places to live and work. That's your purpose, yes? Yeah, our purpose, our mission, our purpose is, is to support small businesses because small businesses are so much part of place you know and they're a core part they're the heart of communities often doing way more than people ever realize actually in their communities so our heart our purpose was to support those businesses for that wider mission so when uh, we could see covid ha uh, happening and obviously i was probably like many listeners down the rabbit holes of social media looking at what was happening in wuhan and and being very very concerned i had a very bad feeling about it all the way through and I was contacting small businesses and our team were at that time and they were not, the small businesses we were talking to certainly didn't have any perception that that was a big threat. There was no big threat. So my view was our purpose is to make sure that at the end of all of this, we still got places that are nice places to live and work, but small businesses are still at the core. So whatever we decide, that has to be the purpose. So we know that businesses were going to get seriously impacted. So we just went back to our purpose, right? We'll give free support to these businesses as quick as possible. Uh, we knew that these businesses would have problems trying to get to consumers who would be affected by COVID. So we had to make it easy for those businesses to serve those customers. So we pivoted the platform. We introduced delivery a few days before actual lockdown was introduced. And because we were mindful of that purpose, we were able to act quickly and we knew that it was the right decision. And offering free support, whilst a risky decision, was the right decision because we needed to help as many businesses as possible because that was our mission. Mm. And taking you off the path to certainly direct profit anyway in terms of that free support yeah, element, for example. Because everything else is short term and we've got to start thinking. I mean, it's what, you know, climate emergency. There's so many trends right now, not, not trends, so many things right now have happened as a result of short termism. Mm. And we just need to think long term. We need to know that there's a big picture that we can start to create. And what has frustrated me way before COVID was how much of the future trends narrative was always about future proofing, which upset me anyway, because you can't proof yourself against the future. It's such a ridiculous <laughs> phrase and it's used so much but you just can't. You have to just look at what future do you want to shape? And I just get really frustrated when people haven't got a sense of their own agency in that you know if you recycle you're shaping a better future 
you know, if you whatever behavioural change you try to do at a personal level is trying to help a better future. And the more of you do it, the more that future becomes likely. And that's the sort of forming a movement, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's a movement. And I think that, you know, we should all be trying to make the world a better place, trying to make the planet more sustainable, trying to make our communities happier, trying to make people feel more included. That you, and there were lots of positive behaviours that came out during COVID from the you know communities helping each other, volunteerism increasing, that amongst the negativity show there's a general growth in humanity and kindness and awareness. Now, mm. of course, that isn't everywhere and it isn't everybody. But as business leaders and as people in any industry that's connected to people, I think we all have a duty to actually start building for a better future, build back better. I think Grimsey Review said build back better. You know, we have to accept that normal prior to COVID was not great. So again, another phrase I absolutely can't stand is this new normal. Who wants normal? Normal was bad. Normal was high streets declining. Normal was ghost towns and clone towns. Mm. I don't want normal. So I think we need to step away. There are certain behaviours that have grown during COVID, um, online shopping has grown. That isn't necessarily a positive for our communities, and it certainly isn't a positive for the environment. So maybe we need to sort of think about that differently. So Shop Happy tries to think about that differently and focus on the localism. But we're seeing things like Smart City, people live, you know, the 15 minute city, the idea everybody should be close to shops and services, mm. localization supply chains, you know, zero packaging and refill stores. Yeah, during lockdown, 85,000 new businesses started. More people are coming into high street businesses that haven't had that experience. People on furlough who came up with new business ideas and have suddenly thought of different things. People who are working from home and where they can are enjoying a better work-life balance. People rethinking offices as meeting spaces. Goodness me, there's a good load of thought coming out there. Actually, there's real positives in all of this mess uh, that might well be things that we were thinking about pre-COVID that might just be being accelerated by COVID. Yeah, that's really interesting. There's actually going to be, with, with all of those different elements, there's going to be a big, obviously, knock-on to, to the future, whatever that holds. But it also, just going back a couple of minutes to the point you were making about short-termism, it's an interesting one, isn't it, in terms of there have absolutely been a number of different short-term decisions that have been made in retail and outside in the, in the wider industry and wider world as well. But at the same time, we're saying, let's start to think slightly further ahead of where we are today and where we are in the next quarter, let's say. And I think that purpose point comes across so beautifully there. Yeah, I think that there is that the short termism, but there's also that we've been guilty maybe of always going to the path of least resistance. Mm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, so you want the path of least resistance and you want it to be easy. But a lot of the challenges that we're all facing aren't. So, you know, we have to do things and they have to be a bit tough and they will take longer and they are going to take time and require innovation and require risk and all of those things. But, you know, when you're trying to make something better and you're trying to do something worthwhile, it's generally hard work. If it's easy, you're likely not going as far as you could. Mm. So, Jackie, I'm keen to keen to dive into a couple of things again. You mentioned e-commerce doesn't necessarily mean a better future. Mm. But at the same time, we've got, yes, of course, there have been an infection risk that we've been wanting to avoid. But if you look at e-commerce trending over the past few years pre-COVID, it's a sort of fairly steady upward path. That's 
by consumers choosing, I suppose, the path of least resistance quite often, you know, with the benefits that come from e-commerce in terms of ease, speed, occasionally price, choice, etc. What, what are your thoughts on how to balance e-commerce with the benefits that it brings? Yeah, I uh, recently read a really good article about browsing e-commerce and I actually wrote another blog based on uh, some of that myself, actually. And browsing e-commerce is very much about discovery. So what frustrates me about e-commerce currently is uh, there is it is very uh, find, get, deliver, transaction. Mm. And shopping isn't transaction. There's something more that happens with shopping and going into a town and it isn't just about i give you this you give me that i'm looking for this you give me that there is a serendipity there is a chance encounter there is a a conversation a quirky find there is interaction and all of that has gone Mm. when you just look at most of the online e-commerce there so what we do at shop happy is much more browsing e-commerce it's much more discovery of the humans behind it the shops behind it the events the kind of more experiential it can't possibly replicate what really happens in towns. But we just need to encourage people to engage more with where they live because that will be a better sustainable economy. So when I say e-commerce, it's been positive in that it's given people access to things during lockdown and it has enabled people to get supplies. Absolutely. And digitalization was long overdue. So, mm. you know, we're a digital platform. So, yeah, we get the value of e-commerce. But there is a negative. If you look at your uh, outside your houses, at how many cardboard boxes are in people's bins, mm. how much packaging is being created, how many unnecessary journeys, how far things are traveling, how much you're unable to direct where your money's going. You know, if you spend locally, 60% of your spend will stay locally, supporting local jobs, local suppliers. The businesses that you love wandering past will stay there. If you're buying from a distant warehouse, that is not the case. So I think we've got to just be mindful that every positive, there's also a negative, and we've got to just work more at how can we get more positives out of this particular way of behaving that we've got now. So two-thirds of people prior to COVID browsed online before buying products. Now two-thirds of people are buying products. That's a massive shift. Mm. So we just need to look at the potential impacts and see if we can make them more positive. So obviously, I, you know, Shop Happy is part of that journey and digitalizing is, is a part of that journey. What we've seen is older people particularly using our platform. So 40% of users on Shop Happy are over 50 and 40% are under 34. So we've, we're hopefully hitting two markets, people that might be more the traditional high street shopper, mm. maybe potentially older in certain areas who have been able to maintain relationships with the people they know rather than going towards faceless websites, which are just about transaction, where they've got a delivery with a note from the local you know, shop saying, how are you doing? You know, that personal connection isn't being lost. Mm. Digital has a massive role to play. That's interesting that that loyalty is is then able to jump from physical into digital as a, as a world. Absolutely. And it has has been. We've seen it. In fact, one of our more regular customers is 80 years old. She had never used online shopping. The reason why she used our platform was that she knew the butcher and the greengrocer who were on the platform. So she felt a sense of trust because she's dealing with people she trusts. So, you know, we've got to maintain that. You know, our places, our local businesses are about relationships and friendships and conversation. 
And I think that if COVID's done nothing else, it's reminded us about how important that part is in our lives. And maybe, you know, online will more and more influence real interactions when we get out of this, which we will get out of this. Mm, that's interesting. So, Jackie, let's just take a bit of a pivot as we start to come to the end of the conversation. Thinking back to our, our theme, Forging a Better Future, where do you start? Where do you start to define a better future and how do you go about forging it? Better future is very much in the eye of the beholder. But there are some key trends that we need to look at that were happening pre-COVID that gives us a way forward. So we were all talking increasingly about climate emergency. We saw fires, we saw droughts, we saw flooding, and that climate emergency can't be ignored. Mm. So there is, there are things that businesses can do right now to address that and build a business, build products, build services that are lower impact on our planet. So that would be one thing that I think would forge a better future. The other thing is, if we look at what happened during lockdown, think of your own positive behaviours. Think of the positive behaviours you saw around you, whether it was people giving to each other or giving time. Was it people uh, spending more time with family? Was it people spending more time rediscovering where they live? Right. If there's those kind of trends, I would say that has to lend itself to a better future, better work-life balance, potentially. Mm. Um, and I think that there's also this idea that, you know, pre-COVID, it was endless reports on the news about how bad transport was, how bad the trains were, how bad commuting was, how expensive everything was. Mm. And suddenly now we have a significant proportion of the population who work from home. And therefore, that obviously creates a negative impact for cities. But there's a time for things to be reimagined. More people living in cities, more people living and working in towns will help to balance economies because it wasn't any good was it that you'd have strong cities and then ghost towns mm. you know everybody should should surely have the right to live in a place to live close to shops and services everybody surely should expect that and not feel that everything that they need to get is a car journey or if they're lucky a train journey away so a better future for me is more democratized is more disaggregated and is greener and i think all of that could be achieved with more localism happening and more, you know, local engagement strategies, more local leadership. And that will make a difference because national bounce back won't happen without a local bounce back. So we need the local economies to bounce back and then our economies will go back into line. Mm, that's interesting. And do you think better being in the eye of the beholder, as you say, do you think that's uh, at a, held at an individual level or do you think that is more aligned to a, a company's vision of, of a better future? Okay, so I, I think that the uh, alignment has to come from, first of all, what trends uh, businesses and communities and governments are seeing that they should be addressing. So uh, many councils created uh, responses to climate emergency um, and um, many businesses have thought about how they can do more things that are better for the community, better for the environment. We've been seeing that for a lot of years. I think that leadership needs to proliferate across. I think when we talk about better future, we also have to think about younger people and, you know, the future they're facing at the moment, which I just can't imagine actually mm. 
how it must feel right now to um, be living in a world like this with with so many opportunities, with so much uncertainty. But what I think is that we need to give as many opportunities as we can to younger people uh, in our in our businesses to give them more sort of employability, more skills, more more opportunities to create their own ventures, more more ability to you know shape their own futures. So. I think there's a need as individuals to think of a better future is probably thinking at it from different perspectives as well, because, you know, I live in a house where I can sit in an office separated from my family and do work and work from home. So you see a lot of people mm. saying, well, this working from home is absolutely brilliant. We should, you know, we, we, we and in that instance, I can imagine Great. it is. Um, yeah. but actually, if you're living in shared accommodation, if you uh, have got a young family and you're in a, a flat somewhere and you can't get space, that's not great. So I think mm. we just have to be aware that there's a huge diversity of opinions and future thinking, but we need to be as embracing and as encompassing as we can. We've seen it, um, all the, you know, the positive sort of raising of awareness of issues facing women, uh, affecting uh, trans community, affecting uh, on the Black Lives Matter. You know, we are more and more aware of inequalities than we've ever been. And I think that as as individuals, as communities, as businesses and as governments, we should be trying to shape a better, more all-inclusive future. And of course, that's all, you know, it's all very idealist, this. But it's just the small steps we can do as an individual can start to shape that future, even in the decisions of where we buy, Mm. help us shape a different future. You know, it's why we we talk and Visa talks about where you shop matters. It does. And how you shop matters, too. And... And who you shop with, that matters too. And, you know, even our consumer habits tell us a lot about people's values. Yeah. And tell us a lot about the, the future. And so I think we just need to be better at championing consumer behavioural change, trying to ha- take everybody towards a better future. Because we've all had an experience of what it's like to be isolated. That should have given us an insight into what it would be like to be lonely. And perhaps it's it's been present for a lot of people, older people, particularly in our communities, who felt very detached from their towns. Mm. So we are, I think, hopefully, having more empathy and compassion for others. It's not going to be across the board. Not everybody will feel like that, obviously. That's a great sort of next step for people to be taking out of the lockdown is to actually reflect and think, what are the different elements like that you've just perfectly painted a picture of, you know, what does it mean to be lonely as, you know, perhaps an elderly person post post COVID, irrespective of, of pandemic and lockdowns and so on? What does that feel like? Yeah. How actually distanced do you feel socially or otherwise? Absolutely. I think uh, my sort of perception of how it must feel to be in other, other shoes has grown significantly. Mm. And the social, because we're spending more time on social media, it gets very difficult to not be aware of all the other voices there, too. So I think we all need to step out of our echo chambers, listen more and do more with a purpose and that better future, in my view. If you if you chase the purpose, I have a strong belief the profit will follow. Mm. Well, that's a brilliant place to, uh, to, to wrap up our conversation, I think, Jackie. A very important question, though. Where can people go to connect with you, find out more about you and, of course, about Shop Happy as well? So uh, people can find me as Jackie Mulligan on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, you can come and visit shophappy.com. We've got some exciting developments underway at the moment with our work uh, with Digitas, developing a new website. Um, and we're also working in partnership with Visa and the Way You Shop Matters campaign. 
So uh, there's lots of exciting things happening. We have very, very true and authentic to our core, which is that we were set up to change things to create better places to live and work. So if you share that vision, if you you run a business or you're, you work in a community or you think we could help you, then please get in touch. And people can email me as well on jackie at shophappy.com. And I'd be happy to uh, have a discussion and see where things go because so many of the most exciting things that have happened to us and have certainly happened uh, throughout this period have started with a conversation. Absolutely. And that's a great starting point to continue on the conversation with Jackie. So do reach out. I'll put all of those uh, links and email address and so on on the show notes page. So Jackie, all that remains for me to say is thank you so much for joining us all on the Retail Transformation Show and for sharing all of those insights and ideas about forging a better future. Thank you very much for having me. So there we go. That was my conversation with Dr. Jackie Mulligan of shopappy.com. As always, I'd love to know your thoughts. So do feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I'm Oliver Banks or on Twitter at Ollie underscore Banks, O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks. Or hey, find me on email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And of course, you can find the contact details on the show notes page, which today is obandco.uk slash 104. And if you did enjoy today's session, then do remember to head over to those show notes page because that workshop, Disruptive Thinking, from Retail Transformation Live, is there ready for you to watch. I think it will open your eyes. It had great feedback from the attendees on that day. And if you'd also like to go a little deeper, there are another four episodes of this podcast, which I would recommend to you. Now, the first one, we mentioned this, James Bolley's episode, Looking at Purpose, which is episode number 101. I really loved that episode. And it's obviously a topic that comes up time and time again. The next episode is episode 63, which we also mentioned in the conversation with Chris Brooke Carter. And in that conversation, we do touch on how companies are starting to think slightly bigger picture, not just about profit. And then the other two episodes are number 57 and 58, both with Steph Tranter. It's a two-part conversation looking at building your emotional resilience. And if you have found the stresses and strains of 2020 a little tough, then that is a great episode to go and listen to. So do go and check those ones out. That's episode 57 and 58 with Steph Tranter. And it's also worth pointing out that optimism and mindset is really a key part of being a successful transformation leader. And not everyone can necessarily go through that. So it's absolutely a key part of the Retail Transformation Coaching Program. Now, this is something we dived into in the previous episode, actually, number 103. But it's a blend of training and coaching, helping those subject matter experts and leaders in your organization that are great people, but perhaps they're just not transformation professionals. There's nothing wrong with that. They've never been required to be transformation professionals. But the speed and urgency and criticality of today's shifting marketplace is requiring that shift. If you or they would like some support to help transform yourselves or transform the team taking on transformation, then let's talk. And perhaps the Retail Transformation Coaching Programme 
could be a good fit for you. Now, I don't know, so that's why I'm saying let's investigate and see if it is a good fit. Reach out oliver.banks at obandco.uk and it would be great to chat to you. We're going to wrap this one up right here. I hope you stay well, stay safe, keep your head up and forge a better future. Thanks for listening. Bye.